Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Loving, kind, holy God, this is the day that you made. We truly declare that we rejoice and are glad in it. We rejoice and are glad to be in this welcoming place. We rejoice and we are glad that we can come as we are. We rejoice and we are glad that we are loved by you and others. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it one more time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us stand and sing to the Lord. Die today if you saw the face of God and love would you change? Would you change? If you knew that love can break your heart when you're down so low, you cannot fall. Would you change? Would you change? How good does it mean to get? How many losses 
how much regret What chain reaction would cause an effect Makes you turn around Makes you try to now time for our prayer of admission, which you can find inside of your program. What are we admitting? That we are in need of God's forgiveness, that we are in need of wholeness, restoration and reconciliation, that we are in need of God's love and grace that comes through Jesus' death and resurrection. Let us say the prayer of admission together, followed by a moment of silence 
and reflection. God, you sent us Jesus so we would know how much we are loved. We turn away from him, forgive us. Give us the courage to follow his ways. I declare there is good news. Top of the front page, good news. Top of the feed, good news. We are forgiven. Thank God for Jesus. We are forgiven. We are loved. Let us forgive and love each other as well. The season of Lent begins this Wednesday. Lent is the 40 days when we journey together toward the passion story. We look toward the cross and toward Easter, and it begins with a somber service here this Wednesday at 6 p.m. And for anyone who is searching for belonging, for anybody who wants a ritual to hear that they belong to God, this is the service for you. I hope to see you Wednesday, 6 p.m. We turn to our scripture today. And today we conclude a sermon series called, What Do We Believe? And we close out with the hot topic, a hot take on faith and works. And to learn about faith and works, we're gonna read from James, the book of James chapter two. You can follow along with me. I'm reading verses 14 through 26. James says this, what good is it My brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works, can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply for their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But somebody will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I, by my works, will show you my faith 
You believe God is one, you do well, but even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed in God and was reckoned to him as righteousness and Abraham was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I've asked uh, Gary Pickering to come up on stage to help me with something. Don't worry, I called him yesterday and got permission. This is not like a, I'm gonna choose you next situation. (laughs) He doesn't know what I'm about to do though, which makes this very fun for me. All right, so when we meet somebody new, right? When we walk into an office, what do we do to introduce ourselves? We give a handshake, right? You're doing great. (laughs) I'm not done. All right, so when we give a handshake, a human-to-human connection, you squeeze really hard. It's okay. It's an equal relationship. And what I mean by that is if Gary lets go, what happens? You lose connection, right? Same thing if I let go, although he has a strong grip. We lose connection. That's what it is like when humans have a connection. Equal parts, you give, I take, I give, you take. But with God, that's not so. I'm gonna show you the handshake with God. Y'all ready? All right. Instead of grabbing at the hand, you grab the forearm closer to the elbow. And the reason that this is the handshake with God is let's say Gary's arm is God's arm. I can let go. I can let go all I want and I am still connected to God. All right, so let's say uh, Gary's gonna play the role of God. Don't let your head get too big, okay? (laughs) So let's say we are hiking and we're on a pretty steep cliff. And I, because I'm wearing high heels hiking, that was dumb, I fall. If God's got me and my hand slips, am I saved? Am I saved? Yes. That is the power of God's grip. That is the power of God's grace. But let's see something. If I'm falling off this cliff and I happen to catch the forearm of God, what does that mean? It means I feel more secure. It means the connection is complete. I'm saved either way. But let me tell you something. This one feels a lot more secure than this. All right, everybody give Gary a round of applause. That was awesome. God's grip on our forearm is is the gift of faith. It is the grace of God. 
It's the reason why we in this Presbyterian church baptize infants. Infants can't be grabbing back on to the forearm. And yet we believe that by the grace of God, the gift of faith in Jesus Christ, they too are saved and they will come to a day where they grip back for God's arm. We believe, unlike James in the scripture I just read, we believe that we are saved by faith alone. That is the gift of Jesus Christ. I wanted you to see this handshake with God because it helps illumine what's going on with faith and works. Faith is God's hold on us. Works is our response. A completion of the connection, a way we point back to God. The Apostle Paul says in several letters to the Ephesians, to the early church in Rome, Paul says this, we are saved by faith alone. What he means is that God has already completed our salvation through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. There is nothing we can do to earn God's grace. I'm gonna say that again. There's nothing we can do to earn God's grace. It is a gift that we open our hearts to receive. We believe that faith alone saves. And that makes James' blood boil. In fact, I kind of wish that uh, we could have the Apostle Paul and James at an Orange Theory gym. I don't know if y'all have been to an Orange Theory gym, I've only been once, but they hook up like a heart monitor on you and then they project it up on a screen so that you can see when somebody's like working that heart rate, right? How cool would it be? This is when you know you're really nerdy, okay? How cool would it be to have the Apostle Paul and James at Orange Theory hooked up debating faith and works? And we could just watch as they get worked up. So James, James is getting worked up and here's why. James is like the bishop of the church of Jerusalem. So he feels responsible for the people trusted to his care. And this is what he's seeing. He's seeing Christians that hear and read the letter that Paul's writing these communities about how faith saves alone and then they're getting lazy. And James is frustrated because when he looks at the lives of the Christians in his church, he is disappointed because it doesn't point back to the grace of Christ. That's what's going on with James. He says, these Christians, they say they believe in Jesus. But when you look closely at their lives, you can't tell. This is true for a professor, and I'm not gonna share their name or what school they teach at because um, it's possible that they were just having a bad day. Okay, but here's what you need to know about this professor. This professor is um, a person of faith and um, has written lovely words about who Christ is and what that means for how we live our lives and, and especially how we treat one another. So a friend of mine went to a conference where this particular professor was speaking and the speech was everything she hoped for. It was thoughtful, it was moving, it was meaningful. And so she was really excited. 
when she went to check out of her hotel and she saw that this professor was just a few people ahead of her in line to check out. And as they're moving closer to the front desk, she's thinking in her head, what am I gonna say to him? Out of all the things I possibly could say about how this man's work and words have impacted my faith and my work, what could I say to him? And then as they inch closer and he gets to the front desk, she is shocked by something he does. Y'all, this professor all but spits on the employees behind the hotel front desk. He is rude beyond belief and she is shocked, silent. How could someone like him treat others like that? I wish I could have coffee with each of you in this room to hear the story when someone you admired in the faith or otherwise, someone you admired fell from that pedestal. It hurts and it can shake the bedrock beneath you. Or maybe some of you are, are feeling this story from the other side. Maybe people have looked up to you and you have slipped and let them down. And that makes my stomach turn. The work of our lives matter. That's the word for us today. It's what James tells us that how we treat ourselves, how we treat the employee behind the gas station counter, what we do with our money, it matters. There's a man in this church who uh, owns a business and he had an employee that just kind of quit coming to work. And so he did some digging and, and he found out that this particular employee wasn't showing up for work because they had a significant substance abuse issue. Well, instead of firing this employee, like most of us would do and agree is the right thing to do, what did this man of our church do? But call around to rehab centers until he found a spot, pick up his employee and drive him to the rehab center and pay for every bill. Not only that, this man of our church, he, um, he went to the family of his employee and he listened to their anger and their fear. And he brought them meals. And then when his employee had finished this rehab program, he knew that it was gonna be hard for him to re-enter society, so what did he do? He drove and picked him up from the rehab center. He welcomed him back at work. That's the work James is talking about, the work we can do that points to the grace, the gift of God, the completion of God's handshake with us. That's one example of the power of the work of our lives. Here's another work that we're doing right now collectively. Just by showing up and being in this place, worship is the work of the people. It's the work of our faith. When we come together and we, we read about Jesus and we try to follow Jesus and we witness healing in Jesus, we are completing the handshake because we in our work are pointing others back to God's grace. I wanna close with a story of a child in this church. Her name is Emma Nance, and she gave me permission to share her name and this story with you. 
We baptized Emma on Christmas day a few years ago. Lucas baptized her right here with the Christmas garland still hanging from Christmas Eve. It was Emma's choice to get baptized. She had watched a few baptisms in worship and then she asked her parents, when's it gonna be my turn? Emma is a special kid. And she understands that her baptism, the receiving the gift of God's grace for her is just the beginning of her life of work. And Emma has been paying attention to see whose life, whose work points to the grace of Jesus. Well, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Emma wanted to learn about him. She wanted to throw a party for him. She asked her mom to read one of his letters about his dream for the people, and she made it through about one page of her mom reading, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was a preacher. We like words, gets long. So she made it through about one page of that speech and she interrupted her mom and she said, Mom, is Martin Luther King Jr. in the Bible? And her mom said, well, no, Emma. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. was born and lived in a time well after Jesus and the first apostles, the time that we recorded in scripture. And Emma said, well, I think if Martin Luther King Jr. was alive during the time of Jesus, he would be in the Bible. He was a disciple for sure. He loved Jesus. Martin Luther King, his work that we read about, that we celebrate on that particular day, it completes his faith because it points us back to God's grace for all of us. Like Abraham's commitment to God, which I have all sorts of feelings about, that could be a whole nother sermon. Like Rahab's commitment to God, which again, I have all sorts of feelings about. We can have coffee, it's another sermon. But like Abraham and Rahab and Martin Luther King and Emma Nance, we are the heroes and the heroines of our life story. And we know the end of our story. God has already assured that for us in God's grace. And since we know the end, the question is, what will we do in the middle? How will the work of our lives point to the best news of God's grace in Jesus? Children of the church are watching us. They see faith or they don't see faith through the work of our lives. It matters. It matters what we do. So may you and may I be bold enough to do the things that matter. And may we not look around and wait for someone else to do the work that is ours to do. And may the little eyes watching find their work as well. Thanks be to God. Amen. Christ was a wholesome man He had nothing to hide He said Give bread to the hungry Bring the homeless inside Jesus Christ was a dangerous man That's the way that he died 
God, we are called to be good. God, we were made and you looked at us and said, it is good. Goodness is instilled in us and you, O Lord, have faith in us to be your people, full of grace and full of truth. God, help us to respond to your faith. Help us to respond in our relationships with understanding and love to respond to our supposed enemies with open ears and open minds, to respond to our world with hope and hard work, to respond to the sick and the lonely with radical hospitality and care, to respond to ourselves with grace, humility, and confidence. God, we don't always respond to your love in a good way. We fail, we give up, we have such short attention spans to hear the cries of the world. But God, for as many times that we fail, we have infinite more opportunities, chances to love, to work towards your kingdom. On this day, God, bless us. Bless the hurt, the worn out, the sick, the lonely, the unhoused, the unhappy, and help us to bless one another. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your son, Jesus the Christ, who taught us 
how to respond to your love and who taught us how to pray, saying together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you to rise and body your spirit as we say together our affirmation of faith. And in this sermon series, we've been kind of straying from the traditional Apostles' Creed, looking at other um, statements of faith that the Presbyterian Church has adopted. And today we come to the Confession of Belhar, which was written over 40 years ago in South Africa by the Dutch Reformed Mission Church, which was responding to the larger Dutch Reformed Church's policy that said apartheid was God-given. It was cool. Um, And so they said, no, that's not the God that we know. And we believe in a God that preaches unity and reconciliation and justice. So today we're going to read part of that. And it's okay if we fumble through the words. I'm going to fumble through the words because it's like four feet away from me and just... (laughs) short little podium. Um, But we don't say affirmations of faith confidently like we know everything. We say them because we want to be a part of a community that wants to believe them. So downtown church, what is it that you believe? We believe that Christ's work of reconciliation is made manifest in the church as the community of believers who have been reconciled with God and with one another that unity is, therefore, both a gift and an obligation for the church of Jesus Christ, that through the working of God's Spirit, it is a binding force, yet simultaneously a reality which must be earnestly pursued and sought, one which the people of God must continually be built up to attain, that this unity must become visible so that the world may believe that separation, enmity, and hatred between people and groups sin, which Christ has already conquered, and accordingly that anything which threatens this unity may have no place in the church and must be resisted. Amen. I invite you to remain standing as we sing our final hymn. Saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said to you for refuge Jesus has bled? Fear not, I am with you, oh be not dismayed, for I Thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flames 
shall not hurt you I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine The song says, my grace is sufficient. And yes, God's grace is sufficient. Christ has saved you. But may we do the work that is ours to do. And as you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.